Well, we want to welcome everybody in today and especially welcome Church Unlimited Rotorua this morning. Just so good to have you guys here with us. Trust you had a good time in the praise and the worship. And hey, for anyone listening today, Rotorua or wherever, if you need a breakthrough, then this service is specially for you. You came to the right service. So before the service is out, expect to have received a significant breakthrough in some area or any area of your life where you need it most. So why don't we pray along that lines? And why don't you join us and pray for yourself as well as I lead us in prayer. Father, as we come to your presence this morning, we thank you that you are the Lord of the breakthrough. Not just a breakthrough, but a mighty breakthroughs. Breakthroughs when it seems impossible. Breakthroughs when those around you say it cannot be done. Lord, no mountain is too high. No wall is too thick. No valley is too deep. Lord, for you not to break through on our behalf. So, Father, this morning, by faith, we receive a breakthrough before the amen is said at the end of the service. We ask for it. We believe for it. And we receive it in Jesus' name. And everyone who believes that said... A girl that I actually knew some years ago, when she was a teenager, she was determined to experience the world, you know, brought up in a strained Christian environment, I, thought, I think she probably thought. So the father warned her how boys would take advantage of her if she went down this road, but she thought her dad was old-fashioned. So she got involved with immorality and etc. but the guy, as was expected, soon lost interest and disappeared. One day she's at a party and two demons appear to her. She runs in terror to the bathroom and locks the door. But the two demons come straight through the door. See, demons can do that. They're not stopped by doors. You know, the Bible does say the way of the transgressor is hard. And she is bawling her eyes out, just in absolute shock stunned, terrified, not knowing what to do. Finally, because of her upbringing, she cries out to Jesus, and he rescues her. The demons, I guess, disappear. She rings her dad, bawling her eyes out, and then returned back to her relationship with God and to church. All that to say that the spirit realm is very, very very real. And we're in a battle with the spiritual forces of darkness. So come with me to Ephesians 6 and verse 12, which makes it very clear. And we do need to understand this verse and be familiar with it. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your enemy is not your husband or your wife or your kids or your boss or your co-workers or anyone else on the planet. That's not who you wrestle with, so please don't fight them. That's not going to get you anywhere. Uh, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So we're in a spiritual battle, but the good news is this. There are more for us than against us, and greater is he that is in you 
than he that is in the world, and no weapon formed against you will prosper. It may be formed, but it will not prosper. We need to understand 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And it's a good question to ask yourself, and I might ask you right now, what are your spiritual weapons of war? Can you write them down? Can you list them? Yeah, Pastor, these, these are the weapons of war. When I'm in trouble, being challenged, these are the weapons I start to use. If you cannot answer that question, you need to find the answers to that. There's probably lots of uh, DVDs in our library that you could get a hold of and, and discover what that is all about. You, but you do need to know that. Otherwise, you've got no weapons to fight with. It's like you're going out to a mighty battle in war, and you've got no armor, you've got no sword, you've got no shield, you've got no nothing. And if, that's gonna, if that happens, you will be uh, defeated. So I just wonder, what battles are you facing today? What challenge are you confronting right now as you listen to this message? And you will have a challenge because that's life. <laughs> if you don't have a challenge, then you're probably actually in heaven right now. And you're not alive. So I wonder what that challenge is. Because God has a victory strategy for you. He has a victory strategy for you. And really, we need to learn how to fight with spiritual weapons and to discover what those strategies are. Because if we don't discover them, then we're going to live in unnecessary defeat and trial, I guess. Well, my grandson, Zach, loves to sing. In the shower, you can hear him downtown as he sings at the top of his voice with his very strong lungs. He's very loud like his grandmother. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why kids love to sing? Have you ever wondered why people in general love to sing? Why do they sing in these sports matches, especially overseas? I mean, what's, what's this deal about everyone wanting to sing? Well, the truth is this. God has placed music in the heart of man, in my heart, in your heart. And the major reason for this is because of the power of song, the power of music. You see, what's happened is Satan has grabbed music and use it to do great damage in people's lives. And we know that. And one of the most powerful weapons that I believe God has given us, spiritual weapons, to defeat the enemy is the weapon of praise. You find it all throughout Scripture, all throughout. And we'll look at some of it today. And the good news about this weapon is that it is so easy to use. I mean, everyone here can sing. Okay, now, now maybe you can't sing in tune, maybe you've got a terrible voice, but I reckon that's an advantage, because that will irritate the devil even more. So if you've got a bad voice, sing louder. We need you to sing, join the choir, and let's drive the enemy away. Psalm 22 verse 3, God inhabits... The praises of his people. Listen carefully. Praise activates the spirit realm and the spirit will. See, 
secular rock groups understand this truth. They know that demonic spirits are activated by demonic music in the same way as a presence of God is activated by biblical Christian music and in particular praise and add to that worship. See, the whole purpose of singing, what you've just done this morning, I wonder if how many of you actually thought about it as you were singing and praising this morning. The whole purpose is to make way for the Lord to come and to release His power and to work miracles among us. That's the whole reason we do this thing. Yes, to praise God because He deserves it, but it's to bring kingdom power into our midst. And when we don't understand that that is the purpose of our singing and our music, it becomes a form. It becomes a ritual. It becomes a religious thing. And you kind of think to yourself, do they have to sing one more song? Haven't we done enough for this morning? No, we haven't. Because, but that's what happens. You see, if you're just singing the songs and the words that are up, up on the screen and you're not engaging with God, you're not believing for God's presence to come and touch you and impact you and change you in some way, it will just be a form. It's a, you know, we criticize people for, you know, some places they, they, they read their prayers out of the Bible. Well, not out of the Bible, sorry, just out of the prayer book. They read their, they read their prayers and we think, come on, get some heart into this thing. When we praise, <laughs> are we not in danger of reading our praise from the screen and not engaging in the words, not expecting anything to happen? You get to the end of it and you think, oh man, I'm glad that's finished. Or that, oh, that wasn't bad. But did you meet with God? What Was there a touch of heaven? Was there an encounter? Was there a moment? We worship, we praise to make way for the King of glory to come into our midst. God inhabits the praises of His people. And, you know, we can, we can waste hundreds of hours coming to church every Sunday or whenever or anywhere where you see and just sing the songs and nothing happens. What a waste of time. Let's believe that when we do this, something powerful can take place. You know, I believe in every service we should have a moment with God. I think we understand that, don't we? Well, don't be robbed of that moment. Expect God to touch you. So when you praise, normally, I hope, you look up or you look something. Well, you shouldn't look down anyway. <laughs> I exalt thee. I exalt thee. No, you don't do that, do you? Do you? No, I exalt thee, right? You look up. And, you know, I think you, what, what you're doing is uh, you're looking up to God. When surrounded by seeming hopeless circumstances, my question is this, which way are you looking? See, you'll never find hope looking at circumstances. It's only found by looking up to God. And you know, as Jesus is enthroned in praise, Satan is dethroned in the heavenlies. When you lift up the sun, you pull down the serpent working in your life. When you lift up the sun, you pull down the serpent. Is the serpent active in your life today? Lift up the sun. As you lift him up, you're going to pull down the serpent. That's the power of praise. We can do this every time we sing, every time we gather together in every service. You come in, you begin to praise. As you're praising, you're pulling down the activity of the enemy in your life. You should go home in a better place of victory than when you came. 
because that's just what you did. That's what you engaged in. Every time you praise, it's a step to greater victory in your life. So Genesis 49 verse 8 says, Judah, you are he. Judah in the Bible, by the way, for those of you who don't know, speaks of praise, all right? Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. You see, when the hand is placed on the right position on the neck, it can paralyze the person. Praise paralyzes or puts God's hand on the neck of the enemy in your life and paralyzes him. It stops his activity in your life. Over the years, uh, when I've uh, found myself struggling, and that happens uh, uh, too often, I think, overall, but sometimes I've got to a place and I've been battling away and I just don't know what to do. I just can't beat the jolly thing. And uh, that, that does happen. And you, you almost try every weapon you know and every format you know and every book. You know, you, you just try everything. And sometimes what's happened is this, is God has reminded me of the incredible power of praise. And says, hey, you, you need to lift your voice in praise. And often I've just done it at home. I've begun to praise the Lord. And I have been astounded, seriously, at the victory that has come. Often it has been almost immediate. And not always, but often immediate. And I've seen this thing, this uh, weapon work in my life over and over and over again. It was Easter morning, 1799. When the people of Feldrick, Austria, were terrified, outside the gate stood the army of Napoleon. He was coming in. So the citizens were ready to raise the white flag. They were terrified. But the bishop of the church said, this is Easter Day. This is the day of our king's resurrection. We must have one moment of triumph, almost like before we're defeated. So let's at least ring all the bells of this Easter. So the church bells and the sound of celebration fill the air. Napoleon was, and his army were astounded. They thought, what is this? We're about to invade them, beat them, kill them. And there's this big celebration, a sound of praise coming out. And the generals concluded there was only one possible explanation for such celebration, that the Austrian army had arrived during the night to help defend the town. So with the bells still ringing, Napoleon and the French army fled, and praise or celebration defeated the enemy. It's just such an incredible weapon that God has placed within our hands. And I want to suggest, you know, no sermon is given by chance. You're not sitting here to just hear any message. For some of you, you've tried everything else to win victory. And God is saying to you, I want you to try praise. Because there's a good chance, there's a chance that that is going to bring the breakthrough that you've been wanting, asking for, praying for weeks, months, maybe even years. It may even be years. There was a couple and the mother, and they prayed for an alcoholic father for 30 years. Imagine that, living in a house with an alcoholic father, 30 years. And you know, they, they'd prayed and prayed their hearts out. I mean, if anyone deserved an answer of prayer, it was in 30 years. <laughs> Then they came to a, probably a service just like this, and they heard about the, the power of praise and the weapon of praise. And they thought, well, we, we, we've never tried that. So together, the mum and the daughter, they began to just praise and exalt the name of God, exalt the name of Jesus. The testimony goes, within weeks, the father was delivered from alcoholism and gave his life 
to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Set free from that alcohol. 30 years of prayer didn't do the job. Two weeks of praise, and the enemy was defeated. Can you understand, folks, that we've we got to understand warfare? And, you know, there's different weapons for, for different situations. We can't play this game by rote. You know, you, you've got to stay in contact with God, and sometimes God will lead you, and particularly what we're talking about this morning is in the whole area of praise. It's said that the new God we worship is entertainment. Would anyone agree with that, that we just want to be entertained? How many of you like being entertained? Well, it's true. There's a book written, Amusing Ourselves to Death. It says, even vital information must be presented to us in an interesting way or an entertaining way. So church must be entertaining to draw the crowds. We want messages to entertain us, and praise also must be entertaining. The problem is the awe of God gets lost as we make sure we enjoy ourselves. Our services can shift from the true worship of the Almighty God to keeping people's attention and putting on a good show. There's no business like show business. And that's a danger for the church, particularly of the West, where we make sure we enjoy ourselves. You know, we need to get a caught again in the wonder of the great God that we serve. When you're in awe of God, folks, all you need is a guitar. This, this baby here, I'll, I'll touch it. I hope I don't wreck it. But that's, that's probably all that you would need. Yeah, I, I can play this thing, you know. Oh, it's a bit out of tune. Yeah. <laughs> all you need is someone with us leading your way, and you'd be lost in the wonder of God. You'd be lost in the awe of God. In fact, if you really are in awe of God, you won't even need a guitar. You go a cappella, is that what they call it? And you can go into God and, and just worship Him and love Him and, and adore Him. we just got to be careful we're not out to put on a show. You're not out to entertain and make everything interesting and exciting and all that. I mean, I'm into all that as well, so I'm not criticizing anybody, right? Don't get me wrong. But there's a danger that we are so busy amusing ourselves, entertaining ourselves, we, we forget the awe of this God that we serve. You see, I think that even with no music, if we have the awe of God, it would be enough for us to passionately praise the one who is the bright and morning star, the Alpha and the Omega, the lily of the valley, the, the, our healer, our deliverer our wonderful counselor, the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace, king of kings and lord of lords, the almighty God. You know, our praise and worship should never be dull or boring, regardless of what the music is like. We should need to be restrained. Thank you for that response to that point. Don't know. So let's go to Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Wonder when you last sang a new song to the Lord that you just made up. In your times of singing. Let me tell you, that's the most powerful times you'll have. When you sing, because we give room in every worship set where you can sing your own song. When you sing your own song, you see it comes from the depths of your being. That's when I often will 
step into God and have my moment. Not when I'm singing the song on the list. Sometimes it can happen then, but more often it's when I have that moment. Hey, Tark, sing your own song. And I just begin to reach out to God and I find words to worship and expre- express my, um, my love for God. You see, that's integrity of worship. That's worship in spirit and in truth. You're not just reading some rote words off a, off a slide. There's something coming from within, and that's when the, that encounter moment can come for you and can come for me. So sing to him a new song. And his praise in the assembly of the saints. Verse 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing, let them sing aloud on their beds. When was the last time you sang on your bed? Does anyone ever sing on their bed here? You're disobeying scriptures, everybody. The Bible says, says, sing aloud on your bed tonight, all right? Tell the person next to you, tonight, sing on your bed. Go on, tell them now. It's, it's a Bible. Maybe, hey, maybe that's the key to your victory. That thing that hasn't happened for 30 years, maybe when you sing on your bed, it may just be the answer. Who knows? Let the high praise of God be in the mouth, the two-edged sword in their hand. Here we are. Watch this. What does praise do? Execute vengeance on the nations? You want a nation to turn to Jesus? Praise. According to my Bible, high praise is a phenomenal key because when you lift up the sun, you pull down the serpent. When you lift him up to the heavenlies, when Jesus is enthroned in the heavenlies, the serpent is dethroned from the heavenlies. To bind their kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. Read with me the next bit. This honor have all his saints. What? We're talking about executing vengeance on kings and nobles and, you know, nations and pulling down strongholds? And what does the Bible say? This honor have who? The, the leaders, the pastors, the apostles? No, no. This honor have all, all the saints. You, you have this honor. I wonder how many of you actually believe it. You see? Because I reckon when we all start to believe it, something's going to happen. But the danger is we think, no, no, that's, that's for the heavyweights. It's for the overweights. I mean, the heavyweights. <laughs> It's for the big players. No, no, it's not. It's this honor have, the Bible's very clear, this honor have all the saints. Praise the Lord. See, high praise can impact nations, communities, binding up the powers of darkness and releasing revival. As a church called to impact nations, you can expect this holy area of praise will get stronger and stronger and stronger in our church. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ, I believe, to step up to high praise, and to shake nations for Jesus. There's a preacher, and the musicians are invited to speak to a university in Poland. There's a big mix-up, all right? And so they, they turn up, and they find themselves in a, a youth communist party gathering. And they thought that this was an American rock band coming in, but it was actually a Christian band. The room's filled with about 200 young people. There's smoke, there's beer bottles on every table, and it's a bit of a wild party. After three songs, the audience were kind of upset. So this Christian band and the preacher were escorted out of the room, and uh, they wanted to stop the group, but somehow a lot of money had come in as they were singing. So they thought, well, we want the money. So they said, look, you can go out, 
You can do a bit more singing, but no preaching, all right? No, no talking about the gospel and all the rest of it. So they went back there and began to sing. Halfway through the singing, the Holy Spirit turns up as they lifted up praise, you see. Makes way for the King of glory to come. So God turns up, and the singers began to raise their hands in praise and in worship. These communist youth are shocked. They can't understand what on earth is happening. But they're captivated by it. Why? Because God's presence has turned up. Why did it turn up? Because of praise, because of worship, because of sincere lifting of the heart to the King of Kings. And so by the end of their few songs, the audience all stood to their feet. They began to clap and were asking for encore after encore after encore. This is un- total unbelievers. Don't even believe in God. A whole, youth, a whole lot of these youth. And they say that the team stayed there, the Christians team, till 3.30 in the morning, leading many of these communist young people to Jesus Christ. When you lift up the sun, you pull down the serpent. Even a communist party cannot stop the invasion of God when, when we begin to sing and when we begin to praise and we begin to exalt the Lord. I think, you know, the church is, does a lot of praise and we do a lot of singing and all the rest of it. But I think sometimes the danger is we focus on being more contemporary, new songs with better words and, you know, uh, all the lyrics and all And nothing wrong with all that. We need that and that's great. And, you know, we're always thinking, what, what's the latest and the best song? It's all good. But the danger is we miss the whole point of it, which is to lift up the sun and pull down the serpent. <laughs> You know, the whole thing is to make way for the King of Glory to come in power. It's, it's so that people in church can have encounters with God, have moments with the Lord. You see, God's power should come in every praise set that we have. You know, it's, it's high time that people were healed during the praise and during the preaching. It's high time people were delivered and set free during the praise and during the... We should expect this in every service. Someone to shout out and say, hey, pastor, song leader, stop. You know, I've just been delivered. I've been set free. That, that lump I had is gone. You know, my, my, my breathing has come right. My sinuses are healed. I can feel my heart. I feel fire going through my body. I've been, I've been completely healed and set free. And I, gosh, my, my, my pain in my knees is gone. My back is all good. I'm God, I'm healed. My migraines have gone. Hey, stop the show. I've got a testimony. Maybe Rotorua can lead the way in this down there. Come on, guys. We don't mind where it happens, but somewhere. We've got to, got to stop the show and have the power of God manifest and demonstrated and, and, and showing God, God being exalted. Imagine, imagine if someone's standing up radically healed from some major illness and coming to the platform. Imagine the praise, the next praise song. Imagine the next worship song. Talk about exalting the king. The place would go crazy. It's time we all went crazy. Mind you, some of you already are crazy, so I don't know. See, praise will smash down walls and work breakthrough. Joshua chapter 6, they marched around the walls. They gave a shout. I think a shout of praise, the walls come crumbling down. If you're facing a wall of opposition, it's time to praise, it's time to shout, and as you lift up the sun, that wall is going to come crumbling down. Matthew 8, 2 and 3, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can be, be made clean. Then Jesus put his hand on him, touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy uh, was cleansed. Again, worship here, release the healing power. 
See? When you worship, when you praise healing power, that's what we see in Scripture. Repeatedly, when they saw a healing, it was preceded by worship, preceded by lifting up the sun. Isaiah 6, verse 61.3, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Do you feel heaviness, oppression all over you? The garment of praise is a key to doing that. Can I remind you of the story I've told a few times here, but it's worth reminding you of, the missionary lady in China with smallpox, and she cries out to God as she's in such pain, and uh, she says, Lord, I'm serving you. Why has this happened? And after many days of crying, she sees a vision of two baskets in front of her. One basket was a prayer basket. The other one was a praise basket. And the Lord said to her, your prayer basket is full to overflowing, but your praise basket is barely half full. She was a prayer, but not a praiser. We need to be both. So she began to praise day after day after day because the Lord said, as soon as your praise basket begins to overflow, you'll have your miracle. So you get the word like that. You go high praise, man. You're into it. So she began to praise and praise and praise and praise. The Lord gave her a second vision. She saw her praise basket overflowing, and she was instantly healed by God's power. It is time to praise the Lord to a new dimension, to a new level. You know, it's amazing when you think of all the time we spend praising, <laughs> but we forget the purpose and the power of it. You're sure to lift up the, the Lord, and that's, that's good in itself, but also to release His power in our midst. So let me give you some practical thoughts on this. It does say put on the garment of praise. So sometimes you've got to get up in the morning. The last thing you want to do is praise. Come into church, you don't want to praise. Put, it, put on the garment. You know, like you're getting dressed. Put on the garment of praise, you know, and, and just lift it up. Make a decisive action, a decision to start to praise the Lord. As you do, it will increase victory in your life. Make a decision to be a person of praise every day. It will fill your life with an atmosphere of victory all around. Make that decision. Make, make a note of some of these things if you want to. Make, you know, that decision. Put on the garment of praise every day. Make a decision to be a person of praise. Praise God everywhere. It's not just something that happens in church. We should praise God at work, on the bed, as we've said, at home, in the car, anywhere. Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Psalm 119.164, seven times a day I praise you. Imagine stopping seven times a day. Every time you stop to eat something, you need to spend a few moments in praising God. When you have your breakfast, when you have your morning tea, when you have lunch, that's three. Afternoon tea, evening meal, then your, then your dessert, and then your midnight supper or you know, your final feast before you go to bed. Seven times a day. Come on, every time you have something to eat, lift up your voice and give the Lord a mighty praise. Seven times a day, he says, I will praise the Lord. I, you know, I can almost promise you, if you began to do that, you would walk into a life of far greater victory than you are currently experienced because praise will create an atmosphere of, of, um, of victory around you. But also, you know what praise does? It just builds your faith all the time. When you're praising God, you're singing, how great is our God? Your faith is growing and faith releases the power of God in your midst. Hebrews 13, 15, let us continue to offer the sacrifice of praise to God. See, it can at times be a sacrifice of praise. Praise is verbalized faith. Praise is verbalized faith. If you thank God after the breakthrough, that's gratitude. If you thank God before it happens, that's faith. It's time to praise God before it happens. Don't wait for it to happen before it happens. 
praise is verbalized faith. So if you want to get your breakthrough, I'm going to tell you how to do it right now. Praise God like you already have it. Praise God like your money is already in the bank. Like the car you need is already parked in the driveway. Praise God like the financial breakthrough has already happened and you have landed the perfect job. Praise God like the wedding ring is on the finger. I thought I heard a few more amens on that one. Like your body is already healed, like you've already got the promotion. Praise God like you already have your breakthrough. Praise Him like you've already won the battle. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord.